thorinwealthshow.com, your source for Virginia sports, and brought to you all football season long by the good folks over at Thorium Wealth. Give them a look at thoriumwealth.com for more information. Our thanks to them for their support of the show and of the uh, of the website all uh, football season long. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, September the 18th. Cavaliers coming off of a uh, an emotional, seems to be the trend this week, an emotional win over Florida State, 31-24. Cavaliers came back, had three 70-yard touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. I legitimately can't remember the last time that happened. Um, we will talk about that. We will talk about Saturday night's matchup with Old Dominion. Cavaliers 3-0 for the first time since 2005, looking to be 4-0 for the first time since 2004. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everyone. We'll start up in Fishersville. David Spence is back on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Brad. I'm currently tailgating for the ODU game. No, <laughs> I appreciate the sub-tweets. Uh, yeah, we made it through the day. Who Dave's on the board, at Who Dave's on Twitter. <laughs> We're going to get into this in a second. <laughs> and up in Reston, uh, staff writer Justin Ferber, also on this here program. How are you, my friend? Uh, live and well. Not quite ready to start tailgating for ODU yet. Um, it was a long weekend, we'll just say that. Still kind of licking my wounds over here in Reston, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. I like how you said it. And I already said you're arrested. You need to tell them again. Uh, Cavs Corner, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items. And sometimes I get hate-linked in uh, Deadspin pieces, so that's fun. Um, Okay, so we got to talk about Dave and the tailgating thing. So there was at least a portion of the game, Dave, where I was reasonably sure you weren't there. Because, one, apparently you, like, broke off and decided to just text Jess Ferber, which is, okay, I'm busy. That's fine. But I, I legitimately did not know if you had made it into the stadium. And I was very happy. At one point, I turned to Fur. I was like, have you heard from Dave? And he was like, he actually just texted me. Honestly, yeah, I didn't really hear from him much either. Um, Yeah, maybe. So was the last thing I heard was, last thing I saw from him was like, this doesn't look good or something like that. (laughs) Or like, not really feeling this. I will say, cell phone coverage is a little spotty. Ting wireless, buddy. Get on that ting. Um, Get on that ting. I guess guess we have our own network, but mine mine always works pretty good. Honestly, the atmosphere was just so good. Like, yeah, I, I for once didn't think of you guys. Yeah, I think I texted you Thanks. guys right after Florida Thanks. State took a. <laughs> there were actually hey, people next to you to talk to this time. Is that what were, it was different? It was crowded. You know, I had to, I had to mind my, mind my stance so I didn't step on the guy next to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's nothing personal, guys. It was a big game. They needed me. Sorry. <laughs> I like how I we're, we are like literally three and a half or some minutes in, and Dave's already given me two title ideas. If whatever has to happen for the game for you to not text us dread, I am, I am all about it. Uh, but I just, I, it was really funny though, because like I looked at, I looked at Ferber and I was like, have you heard from Dave? And then I looked at my phone and you hadn't texted the group thread since like four o'clock. And I was like, Oh God! Anything could be happening. You know, he could still be in the parking lot, passed out. He could be in jail. He could be anywhere. He just Iowa, Iowa State got delayed for weather, so he just he decided to just wait that <laughs> out wait at the tailgate, <laughs> finish that, and then walk over. I also saw a kid I I knew from home um, who I went to college with and was actually yeah, uh, my roommate. That was random, right? I'm, we're walking down the the thing and I look into the Brad's beer like, garden. Like I gotta go see I, a man on. about a thing. Yeah, right. I was like, hey, I'll catch up with you. And I was like, dude, and it was I, I like walked up and I was like, what are you even doing, man? And he was like, I mean, he was he he was having fun, and he was like. Bruh! 
I mean, he like erupted. And then like the people at the at the front of the beer garden were like the RMC people would like not let me in. And I was like, listen, I'm working. I'm not trying to go in here and drink. I just want to see a friend of mine for a couple of minutes and then I got to go. And they were like, nope, got to have an armband. And there was like 75 people in line. I was like, all right, fine. I'll just stand here and talk amongst, you know, seven people in between us. But um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really sure about that whole beer garden operation. Um, if you have comments on the beer garden, send them to to, to uh, Who Dave's on Twitter. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about this game. Um, Florida State, a very talented team, a very at times frustrating team. Um, there were definitely times with that offense where I was like, "Why are they not better?" Um, but uh, look, James Blackman can spin it. Cam Akers is tough. That uh, Tim Aaron, however you say his name, Terry is really, really good. Uh, I thought it was it ultimately, I think that might be Florida State's fastball, um, if I'm being quite honest. Like, I, I don't know what their ceiling looks like this season, but I thought from what I saw that they weren't they weren't terrible. Um, they certainly weren't like dumpster fire, get your coach fired, sort of bad. What did you guys, let's start there. What did you think of Florida State and how much of a win is it in the big scheme of things? We'll, t- we'll handle that two parts, Dave. We'll start with you. I mean, yeah, I think I said it last week. Florida State, you know, forget forget about what happened last year and forget about how they kind of choked down the stretch of Boise State. They're a dangerous team, and that was pretty evident early on to me. I mean, they've got athletes, um, a lot of athletes. <laughs> you know, I, I was Would you say week. sneaky good? They, they were sneaky good, you know? Um, Cam Akers is a force, man. Like I, I don't know that we'll see a better running back than him all year. Um, you know, and, I won't curse anything, but yeah, there's a potential we see one, but not on the schedule right now. Um, he's really good. And Blackman is so much better than he was last year. And some of that, I guess, is familiarity with the offense. And uh, I, I know we'll get to it, but, you know, the, the complementary piece between their, their speed on offense and, and their defensive issues as much, you know, I think that hurts them as a team, but on the offense side, that tempo, not being able to bring as many exotic looks when they're going fast certainly helps a guy like Blackman. Um, and then Terry, Terry was open all night, man. Like, you know, we, we talked about it before, but you know, where I sit, I often see guys break open, you know, a lot earlier than you would from the side. So there was a few plays he was wide open and Blackman missed him with pressure, you know, because he had pressure in his face. So, you know, if anything, Saturday night was, was an opportunity where, secondary which we've leaned on the last couple of years got bailed out by a pass rush that we had been missing for a couple of years so um all, all in all i mean i was impressed with florida state <laughs> up until you know they kind of kind of faltered as we got to the end there but that's a team if they can figure it out like i don't think you're done hearing from them I, my guess is the boise state thing you know if they can figure that out they're they're more the team that had the the lead on Boise State than they are the team that struggled the following week. So yeah, I mean, you know, they're just in a tough division. Yeah, I um, if you had told me when Joe Reed caught that touchdown pass, which was a very very pretty ball um, from Bryce Perkins for that twelve yard touchdown, um, if you had told me that Florida State was going to come down and score in eight plays, go seventy five yards in two thirty three. I, I don't know if I would have believed you um, that Virginia was able to come back uh, and, and, and basically tie it up. And then they responded so quickly and efficiently. And, and I mean, 
look, you, you can talk smack about Florida State if you want to, and and with with Kendo out, and maybe who knows what they are from here. But the team that I saw on Saturday night, like that team's not bad. That team needs some uh, some experience. They need some some seat time. But man, that team is is talented, and so. I mean, if you want to, if you if you if you want to talk smack about them, I understand it. But that's a that's a good group, and so for them to have responded in that fourth quarter and not crumble when I especially when I expect them to crumble, um, you know, then Virginia comes back, goes eleven plays, seventy five yards in five forty, and I thought they earned that. I mean, it was a uh, whatever, and then the 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 TikTok of the way this thing ended is actually pretty phenomenal. Like if you think about it, so Virginia scored in the fourth quarter to tie it. Florida State answers on the ensuing drive to take the lead. Virginia then answers on the ensuing drive to tie it, except Delaney misses the kick, right? So now you, your defense has to get the ball back and does. I mean, it was exactly what they had to have. Maybe that's the place where you should go, all right, that's that's the problem, right, that they couldn't you know, get a couple first downs on that drive and, and really you know, crush the clock. Instead, Virginia gets the ball back. Cavaliers go, what, uh, Six plays, 72 yards, and then Perkins obviously on the two-point conversion in two minutes and 20 seconds. For a team, I, I mean, for Virginia, the fact that they went, you know, their long drives were six minutes or six, what was it, 633, 540, somewhere in that ballpark, and then all of a sudden they do it in 72 yards and 220. I I was really impressed. I mean, I, I think that as I look back at that game, it's more of a positive for UVA than it is anything else. What about you, Ferber? How, when you – when you when you left that stadium that night, what did you think of Florida State and, and how big of a deal was that win? Yeah, I mean, I I said to somebody after the game, I think that it was better that they had to win it the way that they did than if they had just kind of comfortably led the entire game, which is I think what a lot of us expected. You know, the the result as far as the score was literally exactly what I thought it would be. Um, but I kind of figured UVA would just kind of hold them at arm's length for most of the game and Florida state would stay competitive, but not really, um, ever really have like a commanding lead in the game or, or it, it would never really feel like they were in control. And, and that's not how it played out. Um, they are exactly what I thought they were. They are talented. They have playmakers, but they make a lot of mistakes. And you saw that on Saturday. I mean, they maybe didn't make as many as they made against Louisiana Monroe, but, um, a lot of t- bad tackling. Um, I forget how many personal fouls they had in the fourth quarter, but it was a bunch, including a really bad targeting penalty that they didn't need. And, and obviously UVA wasn't exactly sharp in that regard either um, with all the penalties they had in the fourth quarter, um, including 59 on Florida State's last drive, 59 yards of penalties. Um, but yeah, I think it was good to see them uh, come back and win the game and, and the way that they did it with, I really think that, uh, you know, he takes a lot of crap, but, I think Anai did a good job of of kind of simplifying the offensive game plan and trying to get the ball out quick because I think that was really what was kind of killing them was the, the long developing plays weren't there because the blocking wasn't there and, and we can we can definitely touch on that as well but um, once once they started kind of almost looking like an air raid quick strike offense where you know he was just Bryce was just kind of spreading the ball around to a lot of different guys you know Terrell Jana gets involved Joe Reed and Hasis obviously are always involved but. Um, you know, seeing the ball get kind of spread around and then letting Wayne take care of the ball on the ground, um, that was good. And it was encouraging to see them kind of, like, look comfortable down. You know, like come. they didn't ever really seem rattled. It never really felt like the moment was too big. Uh, maybe the home crowd played a factor in that. But, you know, that this is a game that 
uh, UVA definitely would have lost um, a few years ago, I think. Um, they probably would have either found a way to lose it on that last Florida State drive or maybe it doesn't even get there. And even last year, I mean, they they struggled to close out games with those two overtime losses at the end of the season. So uh, definitely encouraging to see them, you know, be able to pull that one out, even though it wasn't necessarily like the cleanest performance they could have. But, um, you know, Florida State's talented and and I, I don't think this this win will be I don't think it'll be completely worthless at the end of the season. Florida State, you know, they're scheduled, like Dave said, it's pretty tough because, they, you know, they're in the Atlantic and they still have to play Florida at the end of the season. But I think that they'll be a, a bowl team probably or somewhere around there and. You know, it was a good win to get. Obviously, awesome to see the crowd the way it was. Haven't seen that in a long time. But I think overall, this will be something that helps UVA rather than, you know, chinks in the armor that we might have seen. Yeah, I would agree with that. I want to – a couple things about the Florida State game. I want to talk about the two-point conversion specifically just because, I mean, it's not just the play itself, right? It's not just the, you know, go here, go there, and then make it happen. It's it's beyond that. It's it's so much more than that because it's the moment, right? At that point in the game, right, Virginia has been down 14 – excuse me, they were down 14-10. to 10, Then Ricky Aguayo made a 53-yard field goal to make it a touchdown. Then Virginia responds to, to tie it, and immediately Florida State responds to push it back to a touchdown. And then Virginia comes back and ties it, except they don't. The defense gets a stop, and then they score again after the defense gives them you know, the ball back. That's a huge situation because there's two minutes and 34 seconds to go. If you don't get it, look, you're still you're still in a in a in a in a reasonably good spot because it's not like um, a field goal is going to beat you, right? But man, the spot, the situation, um, the energy in the place—I mean, it was it was one of those plays that I'll never forget. In the sense of, I've just it was just it was just a lot of fun, and I mean, it was just it was definitely one of those you're just like, oh, 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 oh. Like it just kept kind of going and going, and I was really, I was really impressed with Ryan Nelson, and and you know you can see him on the replay, swivel, head on a swivel, and then he just goes and gets some dudes. But I also thought if you watch it from the from the reverse angle, Bryce basically slows up and waits for the entire group to just run past him in, in front, like in front of the place he's going to go, and then he just sort of waltzes in. Now part of that is Nelson's blocking, absolutely. But part of it too is just he just used their over pursuit against him. He just basically just hit him with the with the okie doke, uh, and yeah. they went. And I thought it was and just on it was two, one of the special. It was just really special to me. And on a two point play, he did exactly what he should do, which is keep the play alive as long as you can, because it doesn't matter if you take a thirty yard loss. Like, you know, if you get sacked thirty yards behind the line of scrimmage on a two point conversion, it doesn't matter. So you just keep alive, keep alive, keep alive. And the, the receivers did, you know, they, they were pretty much covered up. But, yeah, everybody kind of just kept playing it the way it needed to be played. And we've seen him make plays like that on third downs and stuff, but that was bizarre. I mean, and it, you know, I don't – obviously they didn't need the points technically, but it certainly changed the feel going into the next drive. Yeah, I mean, he, he kept it alive, which, like you say, but he also didn't force a pass in, which could have potentially yeah, yeah. given Florida State think, two I think points he knew and changed that. the – well, I think he knew court. that it was oh, like, you know, too. Yeah. you have to wait for somebody to either come open or, or do it yourself. Yeah. It's funny, like that play, you know, live, it felt like it was a lot quicker than when you watched the replay. <laughs> right. Um, <I> mean, <laughs> That's very live, true. Um, I mean, I don't want to get all weird, but like uh, when we scored the touchdown where, where Delaney missed the extra point, like I had a terrible feeling he was going to miss extra point. And I'd already sat down for a second just to kind of recoup. And, uh, Terrence was like, what are you doing? I was like, man, it's got a bad feeling about this kick. And 
he like hit me in the back of the head when he missed it. He's like, you can't have those feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, also but, it was kind of a weird thing because Florida state picked up a penalty, I believe like between the touchdown yeah. and, yeah, the, yeah, somebody and the, pushed yeah, and the PAT. Which and so it like took forever. Down. That's kind of, I kind of had a weird feeling too, because it took so long for him to kick it. It was almost like they accidentally iced him. Yeah. Um, but, but when he missed it, I, I had no, like I had no doubt at that point. I mean, Virginia had what four possessions in the second half. Um, Punted on the first right after their first. Yeah, possession. that was they got kind of backed up at the goal. Yeah, line. I think they got a. It was like got, two holes. They got a first down. And they got two something. penalties and then yeah. sack. Can I um, wait? Can Can I go back to the to the failed extra point? Look. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you a little story. All right. So a lot of times, what I do is I pre-type. Like I'm already sort of. I already have a feel for like what the situation is, and so like I will pre-type the thing I'm going to put out. Like, you know, Virginia goes eight plays and such and such and such to to tie it up. Blah 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 blah. Right. And. I've never think about it, right? I've I take I take extra points for granted all the time. Sometimes every now and then I'll throw in PAT pending on a tweet, okay? And then a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take whatever I put there and I put it in my game story as like a demarcation so I know where in the game everything is, right? So it's an easy spot for me to say, oh, this is when the score changed and this is where I got to pay attention, right? All right. I'm not kidding you when I tell you that like I typed tied and I stopped and thought, I probably shouldn't do that. And I hit the delete key and literally looked up and dude missed the extra point. And I've been around UVA sports long enough to know that like you are always your own jinx, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I looked at myself well, like, damn, I did that. I totally did well, that. I'm really like when sorry, I do guys. the board updates, whenever they go like three and out or have to punt, I wait, or if they're receiving a punt, I wait until the punt has been caught before I do anything because I've seen enough bad UVA special teams over the years to know that punts get blocked a lot, punts get muffed a lot, you know, punts get faked a lot. And so I always wait, but I've learned my lesson the hard way on that too. So yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, go ahead, Dave. You're good. No, I was just going to say, I mean, overall I was really impressed with, look, we, we have some issues that have kind of, that keep, you know, that we haven't resolved, right? The running game's not where I don't think it's just certainly not where I'd like it to be. And I'm, you know, I'm not, it's not where it was confident last where, where you know, it's not where Bronco and the staff wanted to be. Um, if anything, we're more like the Ben Kurt years, you know, on, on offense. Um, so, you know, that, that is something that needs to be worked out, you know, obviously against Pitt and against, and against Florida state, you're going against two pretty good defenses. Like, we, you know, um, I won't say they're elite, but they're better than the average defense we're going to see this year. Um, so, so that concerns me. But the, the thing that I'm optimistic about is just, you know, it's just how they, how this team seems to respond. And I think Bronco nailed it. Like, you know, in the past, maybe some of this is them dealing with an off season of thinking about that Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech finish. And figuring out how to how to get past that point, but you didn't see any nervousness from this team. And to be honest, even as a fan, maybe it's maybe it's the basketball championship or nothing to lose. But I wasn't nervous even after they missed the extra point. Like I, I felt like Virginia's going to get the stop and was going to drive the ball, and, yeah. and they did. And I think I think Dr. Bob, as much grief as I've given him, and granted we didn't rush the ball very well, and you know in the game. His game plan in that second half was perfection. Yeah, um, it was good. You know, now, now you can nitpick certain plays, but I mean that Joe Reed 
That jury draw was caught at the perfect time. Yeah, and the Florida State defense is the perfect team to exploit with that because, like I said, they have talent, but they're not scheme sound. And they they overplay everything. Use that out pursuit against them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you go, if if you have, you know, I rewatched the game like the professional that I am. Um, (laughs) You mean you didn't? It didn't cut off early on. Paid to do (laughs) because it it cut off early on me and and a number of other folks that I've talked to that it just like vanished out of nowhere. I didn't have that issue, but um. It was a long game. Yeah. The, it was like three and a half hours. Well, I mean, I said it for an extra half an hour, and it literally cut off right there. Like, last but Yeah, play. I mean, that that particular play, when you watch the rewatch, like, it wasn't an accident at work. Like, everything worked perfect on that play. You had Florida State, like, reacting to the to the sweep motion, and then the you could see the lane before he got there. It was just beautiful. And then and then the wheel route touchdown to Joe Reed was a brilliant call. Um, and Bryce Perkins, like, I think we can all agree Bryce is not – the electric Bryce we saw early last year. Um, he, he does it. He's not a hundred percent, but he's gotten smart about it. I saw him turn it on a couple times when he had to. Um, he's certainly not as strong going to his left. Um, and that's where Florida state tried to force him. But man, he, he basically had a perfect half yeah. in, in the biggest situations, like a throwaway and a drop. Um, and that, and that's big time that, I think the running game will get better because I, yeah, I believe at this point we're probably starting to see the offensive line shuffling start to start to decrease. And I think once that happens, we'll see some better production from the run game. Um, so yeah, I'm optimistic about the future of the of the team. But that but that performance, I mean, I was trying to think about it, not to get off topic, but three games in like this is mid September. This is normally when you should be talking about your season starting to get real. Like this season felt like it's been going on for months now already. Um, That's having two conference games so early. I mean, I'm a little tired already, and we've got, you know, we've got ODU this week. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't tailgate at like eight a.m. Yeah, no, I mean, like tailgate. It's like a lot of stress for September games, you know. Yeah. All right, back. I mean, look at Duke. Look at Duke. They played Alabama, which is basically like you have no chance, and then they played uh, an FCS team in Middle Tennessee State. So, like, what do they know about their team? Like, yeah, that's a good point. We're not as good as Alabama, and we're way better than these other teams that we're supposed to be better than. Like that's all you know. Um, so yeah. I mean, UVA kind of has gone through some stuff, but that kind of also it's going to even out because I mean they're going to have some games that like Liberty and ODU still to go. But yeah, I mean they've they've definitely passed tests. They went on the road and won a big game when we didn't know what this team was and what Pitt was, and then they came home and handled uh, you know an FCS opponent, and then overcame a kind of a rough start to the game where the offense was kind of out of sorts and not getting it done. And they fell behind and, you know, they went, they went out and executed it. I want to, before we lose too, too far uh, connection to it, I want to talk about something. So Ferber and I go down on the field before the game and, and I was talking to Ahmad Hawkins and I was talking to him about the, the, the brace that Bryce is wearing. And he said he wore one when he was um, playing in Canada. And he said, it takes you about a half before you, it like warms up. And I said, well, what do you mean warms up? And he's like, before, before you warm up enough where you don't, you no longer really feel the brace. Now, he said half. I mean, Bryce was, was a completely different quarterback in the second half. I don't think that was directly it. But to, to you guys' point, like his, his awareness of it and the way he is using his full sort of allotment of not just agility but also his ability to kind of start and stop – what it, it was so perfectly used on that two point conversion, but he did it a lot throughout the night. You know, he has this ability, like 
where he can we, we used to talk about how you know the reason the thing that made smoke Mizell so good was that he was so agile that he could that he could he, he could run in a straight line without even if he was even if he was you know quote unquote moving right he could still he could keep his speed um i think dave didn't you have some term for mariel shayok when he dribbled and how he could turn his body and not like lose momentum what did you call it like angleism or? angular athleticism yeah angular, angular athleticism. athleticism all right so bryce has this thing but it's 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 not it's 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 um it's side to side like his ability to 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 move himself from one spot here to this spot here and keep his shoulders straight is I mean, like he does it on the two point conversion in two different directions. And then he has that one defensive tackle come out to him and he just dances in this, in this like little like phone booth. And the guy completely misses. It's, it's actually, I mean, I don't want to say it's even better than his straight line, you know, Bryce ness, but it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. And if that's him sort of adjusting to, okay, my knee is not quite, you know, where I need it to be. My guess is, is they can get to the bye week and he should be okay if he gets some rest on it. Um, but it doesn't sound like at least as of yet, he's been, I mean, what do we think better than 90%? Um, oh no, I don't think he's even on it. I don't think he's 90% yet. I mean, not, yeah, I mean, he had two kind of, he had two basically, I would call explosive plays in the game, which one was the second half run where I thought he was going to score. Um, and 15 on defense, I forget what his name is, had a good angle on him and just got him. But it was like a 20-something yard gain. Um, and then he had the two-point conversion. But, I mean, he never really had to get up to top speed on that. He was just, It was just like craftiness that kind of got him into the end zone. Um, but, I mean, his passing was good because in the second half, just because I think it was they he was taking what they gave him, um, which is just being smart. Whereas like the the pick he threw, I don't think it was a dumb play. It was just a bad throw. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he has a few of those every game. That's just who he is. Um, but like you know, he's not going to be placing the ball like Aaron Rodgers all over the field. Um, old Aaron Rodgers, not this new Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I mean, like you know, if if that's what you can get as a, as a college quarterback, you can get a lot done with his athleticism and and just being smart with the football and. You know, Terrell Jana, man, what a half he had. I mean, he just kept getting open. Dude, Bryce kept but dude just him. like showed up out of nowhere. And he was like, oh, okay, I'll catch well, all the passes. He has a tendency to do that. He'll like, he had that pit game last year where he had the touchdown and then the Georgia Tech game where he had like one big drive. Yeah. Uh, I think but that was cool to see because I've been waiting for him to break out. Yeah. And you know, everybody keeps I almost, saying it's going to happen. Right. I almost wonder if like when they go air raid ish, that like if that's not like his sweet yeah. spot, you know, like whatever it is that, that they, they fit him in, it's like the perfect storm. And I mean, look, I don't know if they can do that for a full game. I kind of want to see him try. I mean, I kind of just want to see it because we've seen it for now. We've seen it a lot in the first half of the pit game. Like the first few drives, they ran like all like five wide because we were like they didn't even run the ball. <laughs> and then this has second half of this Florida State game. But yeah, I mean, I think I think that could be. Don't forget, like a you know, he was at Texas Tech. Like, you know, he he's familiar with that sort of offense. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that be, if they can't run the ball better. I would I wouldn't be surprised if they just throw the ball a lot more. Because here's the thing, oh. though, what they wanted to do when Kirk was there is is that, but then also move him around a little bit. If they can do that with Bryce, maybe that's the best of both worlds, right? Instead of being like a true, you know, going to hand it off twenty five times. I look, I think that they need to be able to run the ball. I, I'm not trying to like shirk away from that, um, but I I just think that. Man, it what I saw in that second half, dude. That was that's hard to stop. I mean, what are you supposed to do? 
And especially because Florida State was just going to put a bunch of dudes in a box and basically make you beat them. Um, so what did you do? You sort of spread them out. And, I mean, it was really funny to watch Kirk on Twitter basically call it before they came out for that drive. He's like, we need to spread the ball out. We need to, you know, we need to, to, to put a bunch of dudes, stop going max protect and whatever. Um, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, anything Speaking else? of max protect. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the offensive line it has some work to do. Yeah. Um, you know yeah, I will say, I, I think some of that bad grade you saw on P, um, uh, PFF was – they didn't go five wide. I mean, you know, I guess once they did have Joe in the back. Yeah, I mean, I guess you. I mean, I guess if but, you if you throw a guy in the backfield, it's or like have Tanner Cowley kind of on the line. It's not but really. Yeah, but they'll have five pass catchers out there one time. Yeah, but they you know they didn't. There were some there were some sets that didn't have a tight end or a big back. Um, and they did they rarely did not have a tight end and a big back on the field together that often in the second half, which does put more pressure on the offensive line. So I think some of that, you know, uh, it's too bad you can't break it down by half. My guess is the second half pass blocking numbers probably decreased, but the offensive production increased. Um, so, I mean, it, it is, you know, ideally if you're going to run that five-watt stuff, you need to have five offensive linemen that can, that can do the job. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not as worried about the offensive line as I probably should be. Um, yeah, I think we know at this point. I have a pretty good idea what the best five are. I, I just think it's there's more than just on the field performance, right? So, yeah, um, I think that's probably where we are with them. I think that if you think about in the stamp from the standpoint of Florida State's going tempo in part because they want to put pressure and such and such, but also too in part because their offensive line's not in a place where they can just block for five, seven seconds or whatever, right? Um, I, I don't know what clicked for the offensive line. In other than just Bryce getting the ball out, um, but maybe that's what they. I need don't to think be. there was anything else. I think that's what it was. No, no. I, but I, but I do think though that if you if you think about it in the standpoint of there's a different mindset of all right, we got to do it. For, we got to do this for this. You know, like there's a difference between all of the different sort of progressions you have to go through in order to hold your blocks. Right, because then you, you, the longer you wait, then you're waiting for extra blitzers, and there's they weren't having to deal with any fact, any of that. Right, they're dealing with the dude that's in front of them, and that's it. Right, there's no you're not no breakdowns of you know of of um, communication. There's no you know what I'm saying. Like there's a lot less issue. It's not just that you know Bryce is able to get it out faster, therefore there's less time. It's also that in less time there are less things to worry about. Right. Um, it's the whole idea behind like why we always used to talk about that Virginia needed bigger plays because ultimately when you're trying to, you know, um, dip and dunk it down the field, you're essentially setting up more opportunities for you to have a flag or whatever, whatever, right? More mistakes, more opportunities for some mistake. There's fewer opportunities for mistakes, and there's also fewer like there. Are, there's just not as much to process. So it's not just that the time is smaller; it's that the opportunities to make mistakes there just aren't as many because the play doesn't develop that way. You know what I'm saying? So there's a yeah, there's yeah. almost a double benefit. Yeah, I, mean, I do feel like maybe we're a little hypercritical of this offense, um, and that's fine. That's that's our job here to nitpick everything. Like we want points on every possession, right? Um, I think overall Virginia had 11 possessions in the game and scored 31 points, but um, they missed a field goal, so there's three. Uh, the interception on that first drive of the game, like Virginia moved the ball well in the first drive, and. You know that that interception was bad, but it was deep in their territory, so that took potential. Yeah, it was that like the, the they picked it off at like the thirteen. So, and then I mean they were then, in the red zone basically. Yeah, and then the next to the last, you know, their, Virginia's last drive in the first half, 
was was going to be a run out the clock, but they kind of hit a play and then basically threw a punt, you know, threw a 50-50 ball deep to be intercepted. So technically Virginia had 10 possessions, and, and they scored 31 points on 10 possessions. So that's pretty good production. It's not elite, but it's much better than we're accustomed to. So I'm, I'm glad we're at a point where this is the baseline. Yeah, um, I mean, I, baseline. I don't really have any issues with the, the only problem was the slow start. Um, it seemed like it took them two quarters to really settle in. Yeah, uh, I haven't, and this is that's how I games go sometimes. Yeah, this is something we haven't talked about off either you know, off air and when we have our really good discussions. Um, no, just, um, I just wonder, do you think it's possibility that slow start, you know, I, I obviously Bryce had got, got to get the knee going, but with Brennan being out. I wonder if Bryce got even less snaps with the ones than he would normally. If they were trying to get more work for Lindell, just in case he had to come in. Cause, I don't know, think that stuff matters in practice that much. I mean, they've they've been practicing together for like two years. It's like the same guys. I don't think Bryce needs to like work on his chemistry with those guys. But maybe. I mean, I don't know. But I think it's probably more that there's – I think if there's anything, I think it could be they were like, we don't want Bryce to do too much because we know what situation we're in. So yeah. maybe it was like more conservative for that reason. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's true. It's just. I mean, it wasn't like he missed a bunch of throws. Yeah. I mean, true. it's also like not like Virginia's come out and scored thirty points in the first quarter in the game this year either. So, <laughs> um, let's get to ODU before we do that. Let's just take our break. I want to thank the good folks over at Second String Sports for their support of the CavsCorner.com podcast. Second String is all about offering you new and quality used sports equipment. So if you play baseball, softball, football, or soccer, Second String has the gear that you need. The newest bats and gloves and gear from DeMarini, Louisville Slugger, Easton, Rawlings, Wilson, Evo Shield are all on the shelves for you today and ready to go to the field with you. Now, let's say you've got something last season that you don't need anymore. Maybe you've got a son or daughter that has some gear uh, they're not going to be using again. If you bring that with you to Second String, you can use that as a credit towards your next purchase. You can check them out online at secondstringsports.com. That's second with a two. You can also check out their store in Waynesboro at 2627 Stewart's Draft Highway. Our thanks again to Second String Sports for their support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. All right, so Virginia goes from playing a team they haven't played in five years to playing a team that they've never played before. Um, Old Dominion coming to town, 7 p.m., ESPN2. Um, the line is hovering like around 30. Um, so I don't know how in-depth we really, we really need to go on this, but we're going to anyway. Um I watched that game that Old Dominion played against Virginia Tech, and well, at least part of it. Um, I gotta admit, like, I'm not really entirely sure. Like, I'm not entirely sure why that game was close. I mean, that's not that's no knock really on Old Dominion. I mean, it's more of a knock on Tech. But I, I guess I, I want to ask you guys: when you watch Old Dominion, what do you see, and what do you think can give Virginia problems? For we'll start with you. What do you see in Old Dominion, and what do you think can give the Cavaliers some issue? Um. I see a team that likes to spread to run. Like, I mean, you know, like UVA's already faced a few teams that do that. I mean, Florida State did it. William and Mary does it. Um, you're going to see a lot of those kind of concepts, shotgun, pistol, um, multiple, you know, lots of wide receivers on the field. You know, I thought, honestly, that Tech game was sort of weird because I never really felt like ODU was going to win it. Um, and the tech kind of held them at arm's length for most of it. And then they kind of made it close. Uh, but it felt like they were content with the way they were playing. Like they, they kind of settled into the game, which is, you know, that's a compliment for a team that probably came into that game as a really big underdog. 
they have a quarterback who's not super experienced at the Division One level. He's only played two games. Um, they've only played two games because they had a bye last week, and they, you know, as much as as much gets made about how they hung with Tech, they also hung with Norfolk State. So I mean, it, let's not act like they're you know some sort of juggernaut. Um, but I mean, you know, they obviously they have Eric Kuma, who is a, a decent player at wide receiver, and they have a freshman running back who can who can do some stuff. Defensively, uh, they're in the middle of a scheme change. Uh, I have you know some unknowns personally. They're just you know I haven't looked deep enough to, to see exactly what they're going to do. Um, I watched a decent amount of that Virginia Tech game, and they they hung in there. Um, but Tech's got some issues up front, and you know in other areas. So I don't I don't really know what to make of that. But um, they're a team that on offense has long had an identity. And while they've had some personnel changes, I know that Bobby Wilder will have them ready to play a good game plan on offense. Defense is where they've had the trouble over the the you know last however many years it's been, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. I think if UVA is going to cover that spread, I think it's going to be because ODU has trouble scoring, uh, and you know and they did for long parts of that that Tech game. I mean they, they I think they ended up with like what was it like twenty four points or seventeen points, but I think a lot of those came kind of late in the game or. Um, not in garbage time necessarily, but like they went through a long stretch where they had like three points. Um, I think if, if UVA holds them down under like 10 or 14, then that's how you could see UVA cover. But I, I don't know from UVA's point of view, I don't know how aggressive they're going to be in this game considering you're coming off of an emotional game where you probably got nicked up a little bit and you got another one coming up next week against Notre Dame. So um, this seems like a game where you might want to just try to like run them over and get through it. Um, UVA should be able to do that to some extent. Uh, I think ODU could hang around, but honestly, I, I don't, I don't expect a ton from this ODU team in terms of like putting the fear of God into UVA fans after beating Florida state. What about you, Dave? What do you think of ODU the more you've looked into them and, and watched yeah. them and such? <clears throat> I mean, I watched, I rewatched quite a bit of the Virginia tech ODU game today. Um, ODU does remind me of William Mary on offense. I mean, their quarterback is not super accurate. Um, they've got two that they will play, but the one that plays most. Yeah. It's wild not... too because he put up crazy JUCO numbers, and I was like, I was like, is this the same guy? Yeah. Like, it doesn't. He didn't really throw the ball that much at Tech. No, um, and like he's don't get you know Virginia fans shouldn't sleep on him, and that dude's fast. So, you know. If you make a mistake, he, he can burn you. Um, but it, it's essentially just like William Mary. It, it's it's basically defending the triple option out of the spread shotgun. Um, and their pass game relies on you committing too much, too many men in the box, and them just getting slants and one on one stuff. So, you know, it, it's a game where Virginia, if the if the secondary is playing up to their their level, you know, should be able to bring a little extra pressure and and put some heat on them. But um, Certainly not. You know, whether they can sustain draws with that, I don't know. But you, you've got to prevent the big play because the what they gashed Tech on late in that game was was uh, running back Dobbs and um, you know Virginia Tech scheme isn't very mobile quarterback <laughs> stopping friendly as their fans have let the world know. Um, but it was actually when they when they reacted to try to get to the quarterback, it was them hitting the. Thing to run back, running back up the middle on the on the RPO. Yeah, he had a bunch of like gash runs in the second half. Yeah, like 30, 40 yards. Um, 
Now, granted, Tech turned it over a couple times, and that's what allowed ODU to get back in it. Um, defensively, ODU, yeah, I think they replaced eight starters on offense, if I remember correctly. Um, six on defense. So it's it's a new team. Yeah, it's not um, the team that beat Tech last year. No. And then defensively, you're going to see a lot of what Virginia does. Like They played a lot of two-man, two-down linemen against Tech. Um, little three, 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 five. Um, but they do have a couple of big defensive linemen. They don't seem to be super agile from what I could see on tape, but they're big. Um, but they do, they are aggressive on defense. So Virginia's going to have to make sure the communication is good. So you don't want to open up your quarterback to a, to a blind hit because they're going to bring pressure. Uh, and they've got a couple, I think Davis is one and there's a defensive, there's an outside linebacker who's pretty quick. I don't know his name. Sorry. Sorry to you. No offense. Just, um, Overall, it's a team Virginia should handle. And, I, you know, as a Virginia fan, I kind of find myself in the conundrum now because you basically got, you know, this game, you just want to take care of business. Notre Dame, you just don't want to get embarrassed. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, like the next two games don't mean anything. And then you've got to buy before arguably the biggest game of the year. Um, you know, depending on what, assuming everything goes the way it should, right? At the Miami biggest game of the year is whoever the next team is, Brad or Dave. <laughs> well, well, so, so after Notre Dame, that'll be Miami. Yeah, uh, right. On the road on <laughs> that Friday that night. week, it'll be Miami. Yeah. So Virginia's got basically three weeks um, between now and their next conference game. So, yeah, you know, it'd be great if you know we can come out, kind of get a lead early, take care of business. Um, get Bryce off the field. And even if it's a 14-point game because ODU scores and we get some guys playing time, I'm okay with that. I think most fans are okay with that. Don't know if it would even happen. But um, but I'm also worried because this is – I'm guessing this is ODU's – you know, ODU wants to put on a show. Um, they're going to be on a big network. They play Tech at noon, I think it was. So this will be their biggest TV exposure. Um, and Bobby Waters is a good coach, so – I expect them to throw the kitchen sink, everything but the kitchen sink. The history of their program. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that's going to be the lead up. Yeah, they beat Tech, and here they are. Um, So, Virginia can't just show up and expect to win it. They're going to have to play good ball. But, you know, if Virginia plays their potential, I think they'll handle them. Literally, the only thing that gives me pause about this game is that that, ODU is coming off a bye week, um, that they had two weeks, basically, to prepare for this. Yeah. And – even that, I'm not. I, look, I'm not super concerned. Yeah. Um, actually, the uniform combination give me. And the pulse. funny thing is, statistically, that, that it shows that like that doesn't really help. Like the numbers are the same. I mean, it helps you get healthy. Yeah, but. I mean, you're, yeah, exactly. And you're essentially who you are now. I do think that if you have a bye week early in the season like this, it does give you a chance to maybe install some things or yeah. tweak some things that because you haven't you haven't had the season to to lose guys. You haven't had there's not a whole lot of film out on you. You might still have some wrinkles that you're still playing with or some you know some position changes or something. But I mean, ultimately, like once the game gets going, it's not that big a deal, right? Um, I think it's more for yeah, it's more for them to kind of self scout and say like, what are we doing wrong? Right. You know, like what can we work on during this bye week and try to get it right? It, to me, it means it means little for them, and it means a lot more for us when we have a bye week before we play. True. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, in the preseason, Dave, you have Virginia winning this thing. Is that right? Thirty-seven, twenty-seven. 
Yeah. What? Yeah, that's right. What were you thinking? 95% chance. No, I was thinking Virginia. I had Virginia 3 and 0 after an emotional win against Florida State. You even picked going it as into Notre win. Dame. Yeah, you guys going to make. I'm not a big I'm not a big like this is the most UVA thing ever if, but you guys talk about that a lot and this would be the most UVA thing ever by the way. Well, the most UVA UVA just wins championships now. Um, yeah. <laughs> now that's what yeah, I always like, say about basketball. People are always like, this would be the most UVA thing ever if they lose to Boston College. And I'm like, no, the most UVA thing ever would be going 31-2. and two. <laughs> like, that's what do now. Yeah, that's what they've done more of. Um, now, I mean, I'm going to keep it where it is, and, and I don't think that means I mean, Virginia could be up 37-13. And I can, I can assure you from watching what ODU did at Virginia Tech, if Virginia goes second and third string guys on the defense, ODU is going to keep running their offense. Um, so yeah, I think Virginia wins comfortably, but I'll put I'll keep the final score at 37-27. All right, Ferber. In the preseason, you had Virginia winning this game uh 56 to 10. No, oh, wait, that's my score. Just kidding. 56 to 14. Um I'm just gonna have to take your word for it. I don't have my receipts okay. right now. You have your receipts. All right, well, what do you want to pick it? What do you what do you think? Yeah, I'm not gonna go that big. Honestly, the way I was thinking, I had Florida State winning that game, so I was kind of like UVA is gonna be coming off of a loss trying to win. And I honestly thought that ODU would have a big problem with their defense just because of the transition and, and they kinda held their own in Blacksburg. I mean, Norfolk State, that's not really anything to write home about. You um, say Norfolk's so weird. I'm sorry. Norfolk Norfolk. Norfolk. Yeah, whatever. Say it like um, nor, and then the and then the bad word we can't say. Say it like yeah, that. not Norfolk. We'll call them the Spartans. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like former UVA coaches trying to say like Vizinalik, for example. Oh, oh, my. That was right. We call him. We call him. We call him Boz. Nobody calls him Vazzy. Nobody calls him that. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Yes, I don't think it'll be that high scoring now, just because. Like Dave said, I don't I don't think that UVA is going to come out and um, if they if they play to a level where they could score 56 points, I don't think they will because I think once they get to like 35 or 38, they're going to pull back and try to just get through the game. Um, so I think it'll be, you know, the, I think the point spread's too big just because I, just because of the circumstances and, and like you guys said, you know, it's ODU Super Bowl and. Um, and the fact that UVA, it's kind of a sandwich, like let down, look ahead sort of game. Um, I think UVA wins comfortably, but I think it's something more like 38 to 17 or something like that, where, you know, and what I will say is, is if for some reason they lose, they win like, uh, if they win like 31 to, to 17 or 31 to 20, people shouldn't like panic about that and say like, Oh, they were 30 point favorites. Because I don't think UVA is going to like throw the kitchen sink at ODU. I think they're going to try to execute, uh, you know, their game plan and try to get through this unscathed. But um, overall, at the end of the day, I, I think UVA will be set up to win the game as long as they don't, you know, make a million mistakes. I think for me in the preseason, I had Virginia winning the thing, fifty-six to 95 percent chance. Um, I think for me, the the fact that Brennan Armstrong is out changes things a little bit, and the reason for that is is because when it comes to points, like. Bryce will come in, it'll be 28-something, maybe 31-something, and then he'll go out. And then what happens after that, right? How much are they going to let Lindell really run the offense? Are they just going to try to run the ball? Um, will they let R.J. Harvey play, which is something I, I think I predicted this, earlier this week in the 3-2-1. Um, I said think like I didn't write it. Um, but 
no, I just I, I'm I'm a little bit I'm wondering if that's if that's a little high just because of the sort of circumstances. I don't think that the the, the margin is going to be dramatically, um, you know, different. I don't think the game itself would be played out any differently. I just don't I just don't think that as a, as of where Virginia's defensive line is right now, I just don't think Old Dominion can um, can handle it. So I'm going to take Virginia 37 to 10. Uh, my headline because you guys forgot to do headlines probably because I didn't remember. Oh yeah. Uh, but my headline is 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 something really generic and dumb, like no contest, like something like that. Um, my guess is is that we do get to see Harvey, but that like basically, it'll be up to the running backs, you know, Tyler Papa and probably Hollins and maybe even uh, PK get like eight, ten carries each, um, and that's just sort of the way it goes. Uh, do you think Harvey's going to play quarterback? I do, and and part of that too is that because Bronco mentioned that they have him on scout team and I wonder yeah. if, if, if they won't reward him for that, um, this week, I'm not entirely sure that's not why they didn't beat the tar out of William and Mary, honestly, because they have him and he can run that stuff and give him a good, good look at it. So well, I, I would imagine he's also play. for people wondering, I mean, I guess it doesn't, it's not a huge thing, but, uh, Luke Wentz, we saw him on Saturday. It looks like he's banged up. So he's not a factor right now at that position. If people were wondering about it. Yeah, he, his season is definitely done. Uh-oh. Yeah, he was on crutches. Um, so and not putting best any, of luck. And he's not even in like a walking boot. But yeah, Papinka today said R.J. Harvey is the fastest quarterback in the country that no one knows about. Um, he didn't mention these. Well, now they know. Who anyway. said? Who, who? What? Who said what? Papinka. When oh. he was talking to the media today, he said he was running the scout. Like I, I don't know that we'll see Harvey this week because yeah, you might as well keep that. I mean, my guess is they reward Lindell Stone for. No, I mean, but that's the thing. Is it like if Bryce goes out? But all like, I need is one of them get a snap. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, all like, we need. No, I'm just saying. I, honestly, I think if Bryce had to go out, I think they would just roll with Lindell and just have like a different, like a more pass-heavy offense. Yeah, like, I, I, think, I, I think that if that's the case, they'll run the ball more. I just think that Harvey in the fourth quarter makes sense to me. A, a couple of series, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if they really, if they, I think if they do that, then that shows you that they're serious about potentially playing him if they had to. And well, I think not they, just I think like, they, well, you know, when, he's a developmental piece. But here's the thing. Honestly, Bronco they do specifically, that, it makes me wonder how bad Brendan's on. No, but, but listen. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're got, no, Dave, put your conspiracy theory back in your pocket. I'm just teasing. Right. I just want to definitely go bored. What Bronco said Monday is somebody asked him about his development, and he said, well, I'm not sure. We haven't seen enough of him. And that, to me, this is the perfect game, right? Your backup quarterback's not going to go, right? You're expected to have a big margin. This is exactly the game that you get him some burn. Like, it makes – all the sense in the world um, to get him something. So you at least have something on film and to Ferber's point. Okay. Let's say Armstrong's injury lasts, right. And you are one play away from having to have somebody else. You at least want to know what are your options, right? And Bronco Mendenhall, I don't know about you guys, but he seems like a guy that likes to have data. And so I think he's going to put a, the kid out there and see what happens. Um, I'm not I'm, saying he's going to be disagree. the first quarter in. I'm not, I'm not going to say he's going to be the first quarterback in, but yeah. I do think he would be, he will play. I mean, if we get a big enough lead where we can bring in, multiple back yeah if we're on the third quarterback i mean like, we didn't bring in brendan until what point against william mary so yeah uva uh, is kind of like i don't uh, they're kind of i don't, have, I don't have yeah i don't have a lot of beefs with the coaching staff but they're kind of weird about like substitutions and stuff like like they and they like offensively keep, and they like keep playing to the end like they don't just like run the ball up the middle until the game's over They'll just like run the offense until there's like 20 seconds left, and then like I mean UVA was like throwing the ball into the red zone. I'm pretty sure on the last drive against William and Mary, okay. and then they and then they were like, now nah, we'll take a knee. <laughs> you know, like they just kind of play the game out. So I don't know if we'll see him, but 
It, I mean, if goes, we have 50 points, I could see Harvey playing. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, if that. it gets really out of hand, then I could see it. You but know, I don't, I... <laughs> but also, no, Harvey's been running scout quarterback, which means he's probably gotten zero snaps. That, yeah. That's another thing. You can, you can also interpret it that way is like he's not running UVA's offense. Mm. All right. Well, so I guess does we'll, he know? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I'm just saying, Bronco seems like the kind of guy I would like to know what he has. Oh, and no, I think you're right. I just think I don't maybe, think it was an accident that he approached it that way. And I also don't think it's an accident that, uh, w- you know, with this being what it is. But again, if, if you, I mean, look, I, maybe they turn the second half completely over to Stone, and that's okay. I mean, he certainly has earned the opportunity. You know, he's been there, he's, he's put in a lot of work. Um, so I'm not trying well, to say Dr. That. Bob did speak well with him today. Um, with Lindell today. But and I, we do have a we do have a prop bet for number of quarterbacks to take a snap yeah, this year. We just need either Lindo or RJ to take one. We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. My my headline would just be you know, um, you know, Virginia avoids letdown on to Notre Dame. I mean, I mean, I think that's what this week is. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's gonna be some boring paper Sunday. Yeah, I was gonna say hopefully the hopefully the newspaper isn't writing anything like shocking. Um, this this mythical newspaper that we now work for, um, yeah, I'll just say UVA's defense plays well. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to say. Like, it's not like you're gonna. There's like some. I mean, I guess I should go bold prediction because I got the Joe Reed kick return right. Um, I like how you're so quick to like take a victory lap, but then like when you when you were wrong. Yeah, you, yeah, you never take victory laps. Uh-uh, no. Uh-uh, that's not my thing. So what do you? So what's your? What's your thing? What do you? What do you... Uh, I'll say uh, I'll say Nick Grant gets another pick six. Why not? <laughs> so I'm crazy Ooh. because I think R.J. Harvey's going to play, you know, from scrimmage. And but like, no, you're going to. Okay, that's that's fine. We'll see what happens. Okay, okay, we'll see what happens. Dave, do you have something crazy that you'd like to punt? You know, to to soothsayer to throw out there. I'm going to say the crowd is twenty thousand less than last game. <laughs> yeah, stole that. Stole that. Um, no, uh, tailgate will still, which be is fine. <laughs> He's going to have to pace himself. I mean, honestly, like the crowd drop off. That's, I hope people don't make a big deal out of that because it's, it, it was going to happen regardless. Yeah, it it's didn't the matter. third game in a row. It's another night game. It's ODU. The other two were Florida state in a home opener. And I'll I mean, a lot what, of though. people, Oh no, no, I do want to like, before oh, we no. move, oh, but I, I do think the crowd deserves credit. Oh yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Sorry. Um, That's not where really I thought you were going. there, but also really loud at times. Yes. They were loud. And you know, I, I mentioned on the previous, on the podcast leading up to Florida state that we still had some down in front people in our section. Um, look, the couple was back. No one sat down. I don't, the only time I sat down was right before Delaney kicked that extra point. The entire game. Totally your um, fault. Totally your fault. I will say there were, you know, there weren't as many Florida State fans as I've seen other big, you know, name teams have yeah. before. I thought it was going to be like none, but there were. Yeah. There I mean, were, there's they, always they some. a good contingent. Yeah, I, I know a couple weren't necessarily Florida State fans, and the, there was about twenty to thirty in the section to our left, um, and a couple of the guys were loud, and when they had a lead, they were turning around, kind of talking Virginia fans. Which I will say, historically, Virginia fans kind of don't react well to and just let them do it. And this this lady stood up and, like, just yelled at the guys, like, hey, turn around and watch the game. It's a long time from over. And I looked over and I was like, I got to cheer her on. And I realized it was a customer of mine. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so I yelled her name out loud because I was so in shock and I had to apologize to her because I probably startled her. Um, but, no, the crowd was great. The, uh, the energy the whole day was good. Um, and so I'm not going to give – if you need the Saturday off to go to Notre Dame, 
like some of us here are doing, um, more power to you. But that shows you what it can be. Like, True. I mean, it's not it's not going to be like that every week, but it can it can be good again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, which they is call nice. The posters they can change in in, in McHugh that are old old games. Yeah. They can. Yeah, yeah seriously. Now they can, now Bronco can get a new mural outside of his office and with him with throw, him, almost yeah. throwing his headset at a ref. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't, but he almost did. He says he didn't. Uh, nah, we, we on TV you could see a replay where he, he definitely took it off, and I think he was thinking about it. It was but one then, of those like in motion, and he—I don't know what he screened, but the combination of that plus I mean, being on the field. Honestly, I don't know what he you guys no think about that. But whatever, I'm fine with it. That that penalty was like shocking in the moment, though. So I kind of—I'll right. let him get a pass on that because I think he was just stunned that they called it because the flag was also really late because Brad was like already typing up his thing, and I was like, "Oh, there's a flag, dude." Um, because it was late, and I mean, it it was hard to see, it. and it, you couldn't hear anything because of the crowd. So, which, which call is worse, the Grant PI or the Mac? The Grant PI because it's borderline. I think the Mac call is correct. It's just it just sucks. Like, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's it's, it's he, didn't, where... he didn't he didn't do anything to like if he like threw his hands up or something, maybe he gets away he with literally, it. Or he like put his hands down away. and then he tried to catch yeah. the guy. Like he, yeah. but that's I mean, one of those just, times where like, it's just one hope. of those things where it's like wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And, the best, the best penalty of the whole thing was uh, Bryce Hall holding Terry on what would have been a touchdown. And I, it would, I you still know, think and, he got it. He had his towel, but no, on the, on the Mac one, it's one of those times where you like, if you thought refs were like, if you thought they could handle it, you would like to be able to say like, that's not that's not a foul. Like that's not that might be the letter of the rule, but it's not the spirit of the rule. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, exactly. It like, wasn't what's he supposed to do? Said. Not try to bat the ball down because he might touch the guy when he lands. You know what's yeah, it, yeah. it's I mean, basically three point shots. To that you know? call. There are some consequences of that call. Like if you see that on tape, and you realize that's going to get called next time you're in that situation. Nah, uh-uh. just take Mm-mm. the dude's head off. No, well, no, <laughs> no, no. You still you still do your best to jump. I mean, that's uh, that's one of those situations where like the, the rule the rule doesn't actually help anybody other than it just gives somebody free yards for no reason. Anyway, yeah, let's not, I think let's the not ref, go back and relitigate. Probably one where the ref was so. like, eh, I guess I have to call it. Like, you know what I mean? But because it's like if that didn't get called, Florida State fans lose their mind. So just yeah. same way. The Nick yeah, Grant one is interesting because live. I thought it was terrible, and I haven't had a. There's no good replay of it. Yeah, like, I'm not sure. Like, I know. think I think it's 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 really hard to watch and and even tell because the Florida State guy starts to like do the crumble thing, and I can't yeah, tell. That's, that's what got me was because at first live I was like, oh, he just came around him and knocked it away. I don't even know if he yeah. touched him, and if he touched him, it's just on his back. That's nothing. Yeah. But then on the other angle, you see the receiver almost falling already, and so yeah. I was like, maybe he did get there early. See, I I couldn't tell if the receiver was sort of embellishing it, or because I mean, you can see his left arm is clearly not on the guy. Yeah. I thought he, I thought what happened is that is that his chest. Where his chest and shoulder pad meet, hit the guy in the back of the head, and and like, or at least hit his helmet, and that's why he started to crumble like that. Now, whether yeah. or not it was actually, I mean, I mean, look, I've n- I have never heard in the press box a ball. You could hear hit, it. <laughs> I mean, he hit that ball so hard. I mean, it, it was it was almost unreal, like how like he had the a sound. Game. Yeah, he had a, he was yeah. really strong. He was really strong. All right, look, yeah, we're, fi- we'll say, we're fifty-eight I don't think minutes that in. Grand PI is called in the first quarter. That was my yeah. That's I agree with that. It was just one of those things where I think he just saw what happened and probably I don't know. I think the ref, the back judge, threw it, so maybe he just saw yeah. like him come around the back and the guy fall. Um, but yeah, it's a, it was a tough one in the situation. And he also he was really high. I mean, he was he was looking down on that ball when he spiked it. I mean, oh, it was, yeah. also one more thing. I know Brad's ready to go, but um, 
and I, I get it. Um, but the the <laughs> the people complaining about the clock that doesn't make any sense. Like everybody was saying that Florida State should have had like an extra four seconds or whatever, and that that might even be true if it is correct. But they had already decided to direct snap it. The play was in, and they ran it, and it was a run, and they didn't have any timeouts. So no matter what, the game is over. Yeah, that, like, the extra the even extra if time they had isn't... eight seconds when he snapped it, they're not getting another playoff. Unless you, and they'd unless also you're gonna... already got an extra two without a replay when the rest can be now. If the game had, if the game had just ended and they hadn't gotten the snap off, then I think you have a problem. Yeah. Be, but like that's not what happened. They got the playoff. It was already in. The only thing you could maybe say is maybe it gives them an extra second to line up. But I think they were trying to take advantage of UVA not being. Oh there. yeah, yeah. So. I don't. I don't think that's a big concern if people have been. I see. I've been seeing that because I think it's just because the UNC thing the day before, which actually was wrong. I think. Um, I think people were just like, oh, people. The refs don't know what to do with the clocks anymore or whatever. But that that's a non-issue. I mean, that was what they wanted, and and they just didn't get a touchdown. If it was wrong, they would have blown it, blown it dead, and brought it going back on the field. Well, that's what just we were like. The, we could see people complaining about it, but the Florida State players were leaving, so I said, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> you know. Y'all, I like how we, we spent 40 minutes, basically, on Florida State, and we spent, like, whatever on ODU, and now y'all circle back, and you're relitigating all the penalties. I really appreciate that. That's that's yeah, dedication to you. They left it, them right? in the highlight video. That's dedication <laughs> to your brand right there, fellas. Um, you, you, you guys all good now? You got anything else? I think that's it. You think that's it? You don't have any no, nothing else. No, no calf. I mean, hopefully we don't have takes. an hour worth of conversation about ODU next week. Well, we're gonna have to have something because that's how the that's how the whole program works. Yeah. Um, if you are someone out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Give us a rating review. Always helps to get us out of more in front of more people, and I very much appreciate it. If you are somebody who found the pod but has not given us a look at the website, check us out, calfscorner.com. Right now you can read, uh, let's see, I did the weekend rant column Monday morning, uh, the 321 the following morning about the previous presser and putting Florida State to bed. Uh, Ferber had the five will be watching on ODU. Um, Dave mentioned earlier the grades for the um, pro football focus. Those are up um, for, for week three as well. Um, I've got video from Friday. God, there was a whole national championship celebration thing we did not even talk about. How, how dare us? Um, but I've got video on the site of Ty Jerome talking about coming back, Ty, Kyle Guy talking about coming back. Um, of course, as we go forward, uh, Matt's odds and ends will be up, Ferber's game preview Friday morning, and then we'll be back in the house again for another night game, um, Saturday night, uh, to cover the Who's and the Monarchs for the first time. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that part of it. Uh, if you have not already, check out that Fanatics link, anything you need, uh, sports-related apparel such and such whether uva or not you hit that link always goes to support the site even if it's not um, virginia stuff and i very much appreciate that lastly i want to thank thorium wealth and uh second string sports for their support of Cavs corner uh you can visit thoriumwealth.com for more information and also second string sports second with a two.com uh again i want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show i want to thank dave and ferber for giving graciously of their time as always I very much appreciate it. For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.